we're back with episode five of season one of Masters of Horror. This is Chocolate, or Chocolate, or Chocolat, however you like to say it. Written and directed, or I think it was written by, co-written by, certainly, uh, directed by the series creator himself, Mick Garris. Yep. Now, had you seen Chocolate before? No. Did you deliberately (laughs) avoid it based on its reputation? No. So you, at the beginning of these things, you've taken to asking a question, is Mick Garris a master of horror? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sh- uh, sure, I guess so. But he, his, his niche seems to have become uh, Stephen King adaptations, mm-hmm. um, which I can find... I can find joy in occasionally, <laughs> but for the most part have never really earnestly enjoyed. Fair. Um, so I didn't, this didn't, this didn't speak to me. I didn't go like, Ooh, Mick Garris's episode and want to like pop it in. Um, so, but like, it wasn't because people were like, it's terrible. Cause right. I didn't really know if that was the reputation of this one. Well, I always remember hearing, like, whenever I would see a ranking, like, this is always at the bottom. I think, and part of it is tonally and, I guess, style-wise, it is the farthest away from traditional horror in some cases, I think. And Mm -hmm. I might be wrong because there's, again, there's episodes in this season that I either haven't seen or have no memory of. But I feel like this, it's certainly the first one of this season where it comes up and it doesn't, it feels almost more, I, I don't want to say comedy because it's not really funny, but it feels like it is not trying to scare. It feels like it's trying to do something else. And I... No, it, it's Twilight zone but like not right. in the way that Twilight Zone was good. It's um, Twilight zone in that, like, it's more like weird, weird. fiction, speculative. Yeah. It's not like... It's like crime, maybe crime, like weird crime, speculative fiction. That's what what I would submit this short story to. If an, anth- an anthology was looking that. for that, I'd be like, oh, let me get chocolate. Like if I had written it. Uh, if <laughs> you had written, like boy, this. would I love to read you having written this. Because <laughs> I think um, there's something there. There is a kernel of something really interesting in this. But I think maybe we might disagree slightly on that. This is a this. If, oh, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this said based, adapted by Mick Garris based on his short story. Yes, that's it. <laughs> so this <laughs> is like a hundred percent Mick Garris. Right. For some reason, in my mind, there was somebody else, uh, somebody else's oh, name in this group. But no, it is <laughs> writing credits, and this is the way IMDb breaks it down: creator Mick Garris, teleplay Mick Garris, short story Mick Garris. Mick Garris, Mick Garris has nobody to blame or uh, take credit for this but himself and i again i there's no doubt in my mind that i'm sure mcgarris is a well-meaning nice person um desperation is a weird movie it's weird um his shining is weird like mcgarris does weird things i'm sure he's fine (laughs) I, i guess we could all think about what it means that his his friends seem to all be white men but like I have nothing but negative things to say about this. And yeah. I hope that I hope that uh, it doesn't come across as overtly mean mm-hmm. because I don't mean it mean, but like I I didn't th- there's I hated this. I hated this <laughs> passion of a thousand sons, but not for the same reason that I hated Dance of the Dead. Right. Um 
which I did also hate quite a bit, but I hate this because it's boring. Yeah, I I saw this when it aired 15 years ago, and really? I remember I hated it when it aired. I just thought this, I don't get what it's doing, and it didn't do anything, and it's over, and why did I watch that? I just really hated it when it aired. And I was this was one of the ones I was most curious to revisit because I was most curious at was were my expectations just in a different place, especially after mm-hmm. the first four mm-hmm. episodes, which are of very, wildly varying quality, but are all, you know, within okay, these are all horror story. I'm I'm watching an hour long horror story. That's that's what I wanted. I'm not getting necessarily what I wanted, but I'm I'm getting what I was sold. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this one and it just, aside from, especially at the time, I just felt, I'm like, this isn't even horror. I don't know what this is. And watching it today, there's things I really appreciate about, and this is, I think, my, um, always where I stand on McGarris, I feel like he is he is well-meaning. I think he is a huge horror fan who has a lot of respect for the genre. I think he um, has really interesting thoughts. I think when you hear him discuss things, he's a very intelligent man. Um, I love listening to him talk, but look, I like Critters too. It's Easter. Happy Easter. That's a great Easter movie. Um, (laughs) But looking at the rest of his filmography, it's, it's just not good. Um, There's, you know, there's interesting ideas in his Shining adaptation. There's interesting things in the first two hours of The Stand, I think. Um, But there's just so much else that's just and I, I haven't seen some of his I, I have not seen Desperation I have not seen him ride, riding the bullet which I know I think for him is the one that he always says was like his most personal movie and Psycho 4 I've never seen so yeah, really in truth I haven't seen much of his directorial work but in part it's because of the stuff that I have seen not 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 there um, and I think Chocolate you know, watching it fresh with, you know, 15 years later and really trying to approach it to say, okay, what, what were you trying to do here? And did you do it? I say, I don't know what you were trying to do. I think this story could, you could have taken this story and done something really interesting with it, but I don't know if you were the one to do that. And whatever you did, I just don't get. Hmm. You would think that I would, I would, and, and I will, I will talk about one point of this episode that I, I went wild for. I loved. But you would think that the 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 super non horror trope slasher guy in the woods mm-hmm. No women uh, would be the one, in this one. W- would be the one that I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Weird shit, give it to me. But this one it's, it's just not good. It's somehow too weird and not weird enough. That like, is the, the best. Shit that it, yes. The shit that it decides to go nuts with is like I don't want this, and then yeah. and then and then the stuff that it's like mm, this is based in reality. I'm like the clock is ticking. We have an hour here. Why are we wasting our time doing this? Yep, yep. So why don't you give everybody a synopsis of? <sighs> so okay, Henry Thomas is in this, looking good. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a trend. I'm he's I'm a very finding. handsome man. I'm find, I'm finding a trend with the with the. Not super relevant, like early two thousands casting of of male leads. And these, I'm like, mm, yeah, really into this dude. So like, thanks everybody. But Henry Thomas is uh is our 
male lead. He is very good in this, I think. I think so, too. I, um, he does there not have an easy are, job, and he does a good job with it. He does a good job, and this is, you never want to see somebody you like, because I do like him, I think he is good. Um, you never want to see somebody you like and feel, like, embarrassed for him. Yeah. And I felt embarrassed for him Same. in this. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that has weird issues with food, and also a good sense of smell, which seems to not come into play halfway through. Uh, and it's so frustrating because that in itself is really interesting. That to t- the idea of a man, because I believe they kind of established that he was really heavy and he has gone yeah. on a very strict diet and he has lost a lot of weight. And yet he is like most people who diet heavily to lose weight. He is constantly wanting to eat again and that in itself is a really interesting starting character point because we don't see that especially with men and boy that's exciting what are you gonna do with that mcgarris oh you're gonna well it's just an alcohol allegory it is but to me i don't know i think there is something so much more yes you're right it is just addiction food addiction gambling addiction alcohol addiction it's it's all addiction I, I feel like I didn't want more of it because it wasn't handled like its own unique thing. It was handled like an alcohol addiction. Like I know, and that's what was frustrating because it's stuff. a good idea. It's a really good idea yeah. to have your... I, I think of this with like Drag Me to Hell, which I don't really think is that great a film. I know people love it. To me, it didn't do much. But I think there is a kernel of something really interesting there because there are hints that the the main character in that film that she used to be very heavy and now she's not. And yeah. there's like, when you watch it just with that in mind, there's something like, ooh, ooh, give me more of that. Like, that's a story that I find interesting just from a personal point of view. And it's rare that mo- that movies, especially when they're directed by men who probably haven't had to deal with this as much, don't. And that's, that's a, right away, I'm pissed off at this, this show. Oh, I feel like it was handled really callously and poorly, and that's why I was super glad they abandoned it. Fair. Like, it, Fair. it would be cool if that was what it was about. Yeah. But, like, but like so Henry Thomas is weird, and he has these weird food things, I guess, which I did find mildly offensive the way it was handled. Um, <laughs> as someone who has food Fair. things, too, like, I have long history with eating disorders so like i but like i it made me cringe and feel uncomfortable Mm. and then when he meets the woman who who is rail thin and also claims to have eating disorders i guess she i don't know i don't know what this movie was trying to do and then all of a sudden we do see her boobs let's get that out of the way we see a lot of boobs in this episode if you were worried about that yeah and she's she's fine and lovely but then they're like I don't know. I don't know. There was just so much that was disingenuous about that because then they were like, they were talking smack about like averagely sized people in a grocery store. Mm -hmm. Like, and then they eat there, blah, blah, blah. And then they talk about how long it's been that they were dieting in days, which, you know, like the last time I had a drink type stuff. And then, and then they go and they eat like all this bullshit food and then have sex. I'm sorry, but you would be so fucking ill. (laughs) You would be so ill. So, d- two points to that. The first, absolutely, right? That was Dan Savage's <laughs> advice always. Like, oh, you're going to go have, like, a nice dinner for date night? Nope, fuck first. Because you don't want to sit there have, having had the cheese appetizer and then have sex. So, yes, you're right about that. And then the other thing, again, like, it's where I was holding on to this for, for so long in, in the show. Because I think that's another interesting thing to me. Of, if you've known... I remember when I was in college, I had a roommate who was gorgeous and a size 
two and just like blonde and just perfect looking. And me and my other roommate were chubby and, and not her at all. And one day getting into this huge blowout, because we used to always, like, she would make comments about food, and we'd, we'd do that whole, like, eye roll of, like, oh, yeah, that yeah, well, you know, you can't afford to eat that chocolate, as we'd, as we'd eat it, like, joking. And one day she just flipped out on us about, and you're always talking about my weight, and both of us looked at each other with our jaws, like, on the ground, because we're like, what, what are you talking about? And realizing, oh, geez, you didn't you were taking this seriously you you didn't realize we're making fun of ourselves because you don't see us you don't actually look at fat people and think terrible things about them you see them and and see yourself and i think like again that's something that i bought into that these two dieting machines would bond over being able to insult people that are eating fruit loops and that are doing what they want that like right because if you are blocking yourself off completely from something that used to give you so much life, you are going to be bitter about it and horrible about it, and it's going to turn into this. And again, isn't that interesting? Boy, is that going to play into what the story is? But the story goes somewhere completely different that I think has nothing to do with any of that. And I and I think that, because everything you just said is really interesting, and I would like to read that. So get on it. And write that story. Um, no, but like that's really interesting. But with the second you realize that this is not really what's going to happen, they, it you it loses weight, and there's never a counterweight no, to it. Like there's never like a somebody else's perspective or what this actually means for me psychologically. So it just really did kind of feel like unnecessary. Well, it was kind of icky. Yeah, this they thing were that, so, yeah, yeah, every episode has done is just wasting time why did it choose to do that and then never loop it back in because it was a not unsubstantial amount of time dedicated to it why does he have an ex-wife and a son why does he have a son more than anything what what is the purpose of him having a child can i can i look can i just whip out an idea real quick please we all know based on his filmography, how Mick Garris probably responds to Stephen King type stories. True. Probably favorably. <laughs> based on the fact that based on the has... fact that a Stephen King book has a cameo in this episode for oh no good reason. Oh my god, I lost it. Love <laughs> love love Desperation. That's the copy of Desperation my mom owned. So I'm very familiar with the cover. Um but like there is a wife and a son and a and a man that's going through something and he he doesn't like who he is or he is somebody different when he does this thing like throws caution to the wind and fucks a random broad like i don't know there's there are shades of that in it for me like like shining shit yeah it's true but, but then but then it doesn't do that and it doesn't go anywhere the fact that he has a child, which at the beginning is kind of put in there to, to again, support that, okay, he's miserable because now he's divorced yeah. um, and he has nothing. He's living in a sad apartment and he has a son that he, you know, is excited to see and then he fucks that up and that's it. And then complete different story so, of him obsessed with this Canadian woman. It, exactly. Like, so why, what does that add? So it's yeah. all these like weird character things in the beginning that don't add to the actual story because we've not said what this actually is about. Exactly. And how crazy he, is that? No, tell everybody. He has, he has a psychic, is it it's like a psychic connection? Sure. A, a psychic connection to a woman in Vancouver. I, we'll get to that. But he has a psychic connection to a woman in Vancouver. And then, look, 
I don't want to say things. He essentially gets raped as he's like astral projecting into this woman's body. I didn't. That made me very uncomfortable. It. I. I don't. Well. I mean. It's sure. Been on yeah. For so long. It, it does. So, so essentially, he yeah, just suddenly for for no reason that's ever really explained, I guess, which is okay. But uh-huh. except when it's very unsatisfying, which it is here, where yeah, he suddenly can feel things that this woman is feeling, and that happens to be sex, and and that was something all, that I always remember thinking was actually a really interesting idea was. What is it like for a man to experience sex as a woman? And it's it's a very broad thing that could have a lot of different readings. And But just in the case of this story where you have a cisgender straight man who suddenly is experiencing what it is like for to, to be on the sexual end as a woman. And that is different. It would be the same as, look, I have no idea what it's like to have sex with a penis because I don't have one. I don't know. I am sure those sensations are completely different from what I would feel. That in itself is really interesting. What do you do with that? Uh, I don't know. You turn it into a hand-to-hand fight and then an accidental shooting? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even really know what happens. So (laughs) he, so Henry Thomas Astral projects, I guess, I don't know, into this woman's body, figures out it's a woman. At first, it's like, oh, I can taste what she's eating. I love chocolate. So it's nice or whatever. And then, like, oh, he likes chocolate. Um, Great. We established that for 25 minutes. And then he, like, see, he like sees other stuff, like a room, and she's drawn this, this cat. Not real well. And then she is having sex with this dude. And, like, he experiences it for a long period of time. And then that dude wants to have a threesome with this astral projected woman person. And she's like, no, I'm going to stab you and cut you open. I don't I don't know how that happened. It felt very sudden. Yes, very, very much. So she murders the man yes. that she was sleeping with, but Henry Thomas sees it all, which I guess is interesting. It's very Eyes of Laura Mars. You mm-hmm. should just watch Eyes True. of Laura Mars. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> so then he's like, well, I have these clues, clues that I picked up on very early because I've been to that area of Vancouver. Ooh. And I was very excited to see him figure it out. So while he's seeing through, this is my favorite part, while he's seeing through this woman's eyes, he kind of sees a license plate and he sees some other stuff. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to use the internet to figure out where she is. <laughs> and it was just, it, I, my attention wrapped, wrapped attention. He could have <laughs> The highlight of the episode looking- for you. He could have been looking for license plates for the full hour, and I would have loved it. It was so fun. When he starts to try to hunt this woman down, oh, the time was different. Oh, she was on the West Coast. Now let me look at, oh, no, not California, not Washington. Aha, Canada. I was just like, give me more of this. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I'm at with this episode. He does mild investigative work, and I'm like, And you're riveted. Yeah. Oh, so he goes to Vancouver and he has to convince this lady that he's not crazy. It doesn't do a great job. He does not. Honestly. No, no, doesn't do a good job. And then I don't know, like he's mad 
he he's mad worried and sad and upset and then like the lady's like i'm gonna kill you because but like makes out with him first which is fine and then she's like i'm actually gonna kill you and then he's like i can see through your eyes and i'll see you shoot me and it'll feel it and it's just like a lot yeah and that's essentially what the the end of this story is them having hand-to-hand combat and him accidentally shooting her and then telling cops about it which is like also it's framed that way so yeah so that's an interesting that's an interesting thing i've read a lot of stuff about that like what it would be like to be on like a like a like an emotional loop or like a like a feeling loop with somebody okay like you f- they hurt you and you feel that because obviously they hurt you and then you hurt them but you're looped into them so you feel that pain and it's start- like that type of thing and I was like well are we gonna do anything with this no, no not really no she's dead he shot her but but also oh Mick Garris I'm really sorry to say this and I said a mean thing when I was watching it but like he wrote this he wrote this story and then he adapted it the amount of narration man couldn't you figure out how to do it without that much narration yeah what in the why in the world did we need any narration in this so i thought the i thought that 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 said to me that the story had to have been first person like i that would make sense and i went here and i tasted this and honestly i think that that would probably be the best choice if it's a very experiential story which it seems to be like i felt this and saw this which is great but like I guess then there therein lies the challenge of adapting it to a teleplay. You can't have the character constantly telling people, I am feeling this, unless you add a very heavy layer of narration, which bummed me out because it kept going back and it kept actually restating things that I thought was very clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it didn't need that. Also, why did he tell the cops that? This woman killed that man. He, She ran a knife through his chest. And there's a picture of them naked in that man's studio. So, like, they know that this woman is connected to the dead man. So just say she she went off and she tried to shoot me, so I shot her. Also, she killed this other man. Why even talk about the astral projecting? It seems like you're just asking well, for trouble. I guess because the idea is supposed to be that he is still just obsessed Oh, I guess. Right? That he, he kind of says, like, I never lived until until this, until I met her. Which, uh, and Which it, is weird. It's so weird. And it's really, I, I'm trying to decide if it is, was smart or really stupid to have this episode air right after Jennifer. Which is also a story about a man who becomes obsessed with a blonde woman who shows her boobs a lot in, on screen. And his life is destroyed because of it. And on one hand, it's like, oh, there, there's actually, like, what were they kind of looking at things and plotting it and saying, like, oh, this would make sense as a as an arc, right? That you would sort mm-hmm. of still have audiences with this on the mind. On the other hand, it's it's just very, like, now I, I feel like I'm seeing the same – it's like how every, every country song might be about this one thing, and I'm seeing a, a very different country song about the same exact thing, about – a man becoming obsessed with a beautiful woman. That's that's what this is ultimately about. And it shouldn't be because there's something, it doesn't have to be him obsessed with her. It's him obsessed with what it feels like to be her, what it feels like yeah. to experience but- life as her. And instead it just plays like another white dude obsessed with a hot blonde. And here's the problem. I don't even, even if you, 
somebody were to say, but well, that's what it's about. It's about him being obsessed with her life and her experiences. I don't even think that that was sold well. No. She doesn't really do anything that no. she just is like walking around in Canada. Like, I mean, I guess that's envious, but like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like she's, so then you are like, okay, well it, she gets to eat chocolate and he misses that. He, is this like a, a, like a low-key gay-coded thing? Like, does he, like, actually want to fuck dudes but doesn't feel like he can? Like, I don't know. I, that right. was, like, a gen- genuine question. Because if he's so into her life or life as a woman, am I... Is it then... Is it just literally light experiencing life as a woman? Right. Is it and that then, he he wants a, a sex change? I, I don't think so, because the show doesn't give us any but, merit or weight to that. It's such a weird thing to hang a premise on then. So Because weird. I it's not like she's skydiving or like the president. Like she's just like walking around. Yeah. Like drawing a cat. He could go do that if he wanted to. <laughs> he could draw a cat, he could eat chocolate. And I will loop this around to Jennifer and say it is really strange that it is these 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 white men like my like my mildly middle-aged white men with like wives and small little boys that are like "Mm, i'd rather just be obsessed with an awful woman right like oh what does this say about your choices it really is and i wonder i mean we have you know a couple more episodes to go of the of this season how much that comes up because it is crazy to me that you're right you have a wife and child in these two episodes back to back and granted, in this one, it's an ex-wife, but, like, she even, like, looks a little bit like the wife in the other one. Like, it's it's the same, it's so, uh, the casting of the wife, right, in both cases is, well, she's very, really, attra- I mean, if you saw the actresses who play as both of their wives, if you saw her on the street, you'd say, that's a very attractive woman. But when you put her on screen um, within the same proximity as this, you know, blonde bombshell who has bigger mm-hmm. breasts and gets naked more then it's like oh no she she's the wife character and these weren't it's to my knowledge everybody was doing these independently so it wasn't like and i could be wrong because mick garris might be the exception where he may have shown up to sets and seen things and read scripts but it really does just feel like gee what a coincidence of how fucking boring these white middle-aged men were at this age yeah and like super like there's this like how am i supposed to feel bad for either one of them if like they're they're super entitled and being really reckless. Oh, completely. Yeah. Like the uh, Stephen Weber is a cop in Jennifer, and he's being so reckless and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And this man is like weird thing about how I'm giving my young son a key and telling him to just come in the house whenever he wants. And he invites a lady over for sex the night before. Like, yeah. good, go ahead, get some. But you explicitly told your kid to come over super early in the morning and not knock. Like, I get that it was like a plot point but like also it makes your main character look like an asshole and it doesn't give him anything no. because in an I, I think there's actually something more effective about him having been a lonely guy yep. who you know oh, lost all I this weight that. but still yeah. you know it doesn't find satisfaction until he experiences life as this woman like oh, th- th- that's, that's so much more interesting than him having this tie you give and i understand it's something we talked about cell i think the last in the last episode of how like tired I was at that age of how every horror story had to involve a dad trying to get back to his son. Yes. And just this constant like 
this idea that men can't write stories if they don't have that easy crutch of a tie of, well, she's a mother, so therefore she's got to get back to her child. He's a dad, so everything he does, there's going to be this end goal of getting back to his child. And it feels kind of like this, of like, there was no reason in the world for Henry Thomas's character in this story to have a child. Maybe, maybe on the page there was, maybe there's more to it in the short story, but you know what? You're in, you're adapting this for an hour long horror series. The most important thing in adapting something is deciding what to cut out and what does it do for anything in this story for this character to have a child. It does nothing. It just makes it confusing because it, I guess the idea is that the stakes are bigger because he loses more, but it doesn't even seem like he gives a shit when he loses his son. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's all it's like piling backstory and affectation that doesn't actually push anything. And that's what what my main problem is when when you try to do something shorter form, like everything needs to be introduced for a very deliberate obvious reason. Mm-hmm. For, to push your story, you only have an hour. So why would you take that hour to get to to dump on things that don't really matter to this character? Because the kid didn't matter. He was no. a plot point at best. And he just confused, I think, the ultimate part of the narrative. Now, having said that, how did you feel about Matt Frewer with a mohawk? Loved it. Um, <laughs> right. He was chewing shit up. He was having in this. fun. Yeah. And and when it was him and Henry Thomas, it was like good. Yeah. And you're just like they were watching good. that thinking like McGarris, you knew you had you had Matt Frewer. You knew you could do something with him. Why this story? And like, yeah, oh my god. So I like I like him a lot. I think he's very good. I agree. Uh, Matt Frewer. Yeah. I think he's really likable and really like interesting. He's been in every, every one of my favorite television shows he's shown up in. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy him a lot. And I was excited that he was going to be in it. And he was in it heavily at the beginning. It almost feels like it's two different things. Yes. Like the beginning and then what it turns into. Which, again, not a great use of an hour. Well, like you, and the fact that this guy's job is so specific and unique. So interesting. Why isn't that... Why You need to... If I wrote that and this was what my character did and we talked about it at the beginning and it was like a thing at the beginning and then I never looped back around to it, I would go, oh, I didn't just I didn't write an efficient short story. Yeah, he is a what a food biologist who is trying to simulate flavor. And that's so interesting. Yeah. And like I can kind of get the connection of. Oh, right. Because meanwhile, he denies himself the taste of things and. Love it. Then he's experiencing this taste through this other way of experiencing things. And it's kind of a red herring of, oh, maybe it's because I work in the lab. Maybe that's why. Because there's a line early on about, like, one of the tastes they tried to simulate that they couldn't. And how it, like, oh, yeah, it did something really weird to the people that were in the test cases for it. Like, okay, so maybe that's part of it. And then it just, it really does feel like, no, no, that was just there as a red herring to forget about. But at the same time, it's like, no, 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 but give me that movie. I want the movie about people making fake flavors and it having weird consequences. It, it, it would have been really weird and like Larry Cohen and like the, like the stuff. And yeah. Like, what is it? Oh, what are all these weird foods doing to us? I would have preferred that. Same. But then there's this point where like Matt Frewer, the Matt Frewer character goes away, it seems. He's just and gone. Then he come, yeah. He comes back for like a brief minute to do some exposition and some Q&A. 
and it felt like they were having two different I, this is, feels like a nitpick but it really stuck out to me it felt like they were having two different conversations like the questions that henry thomas was asking didn't match up with the responses mm. and vice versa like somebody would like matt frewer would say like oh see, seeing a girl like dating somebody and he'd be like something completely unrelated and you'd be like well just explain it to him what is happening just the dialogue felt like somebody had never said it out loud before it wasn't a natural conversation like if i ask if i'm writing a question and my response doesn't make sense then then i haven't written a a convincing conversation oh boy it frustrated me i know i know it's on top of that it's extraordinarily boring somehow somehow all of these things don't equal out to an hour. So there's a lot of like silence and yep. like, like character choices that don't, don't ever come back. Mm-hmm. And just like, what are the consequences? What are, what are the stakes? Yeah. And there's not really uh, much as far as visual style or anything like overly cool that you remember. Uh, it's just no, where, you know that's really true the only thing is though when when it is the fr- i will credit where credit's due i did enjoy that because they chose to do the narration which was effectively uh henry thomas talking to the cops it it's all like shot like dead like dead on it's his face yeah. talking to the camera i thought that was fine and like it's it does does the very what is now very hokey of like I'm going to tell you this from the beginning, but I'm showing you the end. Like he's <laughs> yes. all covered in blood. But I actually thought that that was fine. Like I cut like, cause I was like, Oh, well, how did you get covered in blood? We're going to go on that journey right, together. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it helps that Henry Thomas is really good in this. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, poor thing. Though. Poor, poor. Yes. So much, very much. So much of that was just like, Eesh. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it, it it did not age well. It didn't air well back in the day either. So I don't know that it plays worse. I think it's really more that I watch it today and I just see so many things that could have been so interesting. And I just wonder why I I just, that's my biggest question when I watch this episode in particular, why, why that choice, why this choice, why this choice, why choose this as the material to to do for this show. And Mm. I wonder if part of it was McGarris thinking, well, you know, let me do something that I know nobody else is going to do. Let me go lighter. But this is what you did. (laughs) I, I think, I feel like we're wrapping this up as well as we should, but I would like to ask you a question um, because I just read the plot summary for this on IMDb. Um, In Chicago, Jamie works in the food lab of a company developing flavors. Jamie's divorced and is on a diet, but after eating a chocolate, he becomes connected to a beautiful woman. Is that what happened? I think so. He ate a chocolate and became connected to a beautiful woman? Did I miss that? I think that was when he was, like, pigging out with the grocery store pickup. Right? Didn't they, like, they ate all this food, and then they had sex and then he had the other sex yeah but he had already connected with her at the oh you're right you're right no no you're totally right so like did he eat a chocolate and it caused it to happen did i miss that he might have oh boy oh boy i don't remember i really don't this one this other one says a man who creates artificial flavorings until one day his life is hijacked by a series of random scenes in which he realized he's psychically linked to a beautiful young woman. 
So that one makes me feel like it wasn't chocolate-based. I don't fucking know. Well, I mean, it, the title is chocolate, so... I, I mean, and the chocolates come into play. Yeah. And this, that's another thing. This doesn't make food look good. No. Like, there's nothing... I don't know. Like, if, if I'm going to have a, a horror story that's all about how food is this gateway to things, like, give me a good, sexy piece of fucking chocolate, you know? Yeah. Ugh. Weird choices. Very much. All right. Well, do you recommend people to watch it? Um, no. Yeah. I don't know why. What would you get out of this? I don't know what you would get. I think, I think the only reason to watch it is if you, I mean, again, I was looking forward to rewatching it because I really felt I'm like, I'm going to see something I didn't see there the first time. And all I end up seeing is a lot of ideas that I think could have all been turned into their own interesting stories. Mm -hmm. And for that, there is something interesting about it. That within this hour, I probably got, like, I I don't really do my own fiction writing. I'm too lazy. But were I a fiction writer, I probably could have written five different short stories based off of themes and ideas that come up in this hour. And you know what? That's... McGarris, that's enviable. It's enviable that you have so many fucking weird, awesome ideas yeah. that your your story is so full of them that it's distracting and confusing. Yeah. I'm glad. I don't have that problem. <laughs> I, 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 I love that you have that problem, but maybe somebody else should have adapted it into a teleplay. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe more cooks in the kitchen would have helped with that. <laughs> I like that theme. More cooks in the uh, genetically um, uh, research food laboratory. Yes, more yeah. cooks in there. I'm with you. Only two people work there. <laughs> Apparently, and one of them has a fake mohawk. All right, well, that was chocolate. Uh, we'll be back soon with a dive into a different horror comedy. If if Maybe this was a horror comedy, too. I don't know. We still never decided that. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I think we've talked enough about it. Yeah. We'll move on. Back, back. Okay. Good, right there. All right, that's good. Hold those boxes. Hey, come on, I said, what the hell's going on here? Have no fear. What is here? Rapping Hood and his merry men. Are united once again. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to take out, because I'm going to lose my job. Oh, yo, man, that's Yang. You know you're the best worker they got. Best worker they got, best worker we got. Besides, <laughs> yeah. you don't want him to lose his job. Fast. Uh-oh. No, man, you can't. Come on, big man. Stop.
my magazine. Uh-huh. Tell me what about chicken, chili, and beans? Or oh, a taco, chips, and a can of sardines. Pizza and burgers all covered with cheese. A soul food dinner with black eyed peas. <laughs> Funky junk food just uh-huh. make me chunky. Uh-huh. I gotta be cautious of my calories, uh-huh. so I decided to die in proprieties. Fat boy, don't stop being hungry. Uh-huh. I buy me a restaurant if I had the money. Uh-huh. The predicament with this here dude is when it comes right down to the boy loves food snack attack. Those cakes and I start to go wild. His main squeeze is Julia Child. The art of eating takes aptitude. But you better develop some fortitude for your body has a horizontal attitude. But when I'm in the mood, it all looks good. Your problem is you, you just, just love food. Attack, 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 Richie, you're fired! Let me get some food!